Welcome to Fundamentally Cynical, the podcast. The show where we talk all about Fundamentally Cynical, the animated series, and what it takes to make each episode. I'll be interviewing each cast member as well as people who inspire us. So if you love rock and roll, animated television, or just a good conversation, remember to check us out and enjoy the show. I'm your host, Preston Hazard, and this is Fundamentally Cynical, the podcast. Welcome, guys, to Fundamentally Cynical, the podcast uh, brought to you by the animated series Fundamentally Cynical, which if you haven't seen, be sure to check us out. We've been doing this for about two years. We have a new season coming out in Prime Video uh, in June, uh, and a trailer is coming out soon, so watch for that. Uh, Today in the studio, we are joined by a Mr. Chad Channing, who has worked with a number of great bands, but most recently has recorded a track for my band, um, with our new record that's going to be coming out right around the same time as the new season. So, Chad, thank you for coming to the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. No problem, man. Um, so, what I like to do in these podcasts to get started out, especially with musicians, is um, I kind of like to just you know go over like influences. Like um, for me, when I was a kid, I, I my parents aren't really into music, so I uh, around twelve years old discovered uh, the greatest rock band of all time, The Doors. And was just enthralled by their sound and by Jim's voice and the guitar. And from there, I got into music. Um, so, what about you? I mean, who who kind of got you into music? Uh, I kind of got myself into music, but my family has been into music. My mom, uh, um, I, her her first drummer was a was a uh, jazz musician. He was, or her first husband, I should say, first drummer. Her first husband was a jazz. Uh, uh, drummer, uh, who actually ended up playing with, uh, you know, sitting in for a lot of groups that would come into town, like the, you know, Bill Evans trio and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then my dad also did a little bit of uh, a jazz playing himself. He's played stand up bass on the LA circuit for about three years. And this was all like during like the uh, 50s and stuff. So, so there's a little bit of background there, but um, I never really got into that sort of stuff as much. So I sort of like kind of focused on my own thing and, yeah. Uh, and the stuff that, that got me going, uh, for me, uh, was like the Beatles, uh, Zeppelin. Yes. Uh, those were kind of the first sort of bands that really like, uh, you know, had me enthralled with, with music, uh, and really getting me involved in, 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 in listening to so much more that's out there. So that was kind of like where my, where my starts were. That's sick. Um, so if you had to pick like one like artists or one one band who would who would you say is your guy mm, that's really hard you know it's kind of like like you know someone you know asked me once before oh you know like what my all-time favorite band was and yeah i thought about that for the longest time because there's so many great bands yeah. <clears throat> and i mean i guess you know at the top of my head i could say the beatles because there's just so much about them that i like uh, but then, you know, sometimes I think, well, out of all the music that I could have chose to like play, put on my turntable or say, you know, in my CD player, whatever it is I chose to put in there would be my favorite band at the time because I picked yeah. them over anything else I could have listened to. So that's kind of another turn on that. But yeah, um, but uh, I would. But yeah, I, you know, I would probably lean towards the Beatles as probably being the most influential uh, band for me. That's awesome. I actually, it's funny you say that. I um, I'm in 
so what I you what I do to record these I record right in my room <laughs> so I've got um over my bed I have a, a record it's meet the Beatles and my grandfather was stationed out I forget somewhere in Europe uh, in the 60s so it is actually it's the first one of the it's like a first pressing and it's uh right when it came out it's the blue sleeve if you know anything about that record that's mm-hmm. like yeah mm-hmm. so that's framed wow. right, right above my bed and uh, it's funny you say that I'm looking right at it so but that's um, pretty awesome <laughs> thanks yeah it's, it's cool it's a cool piece um but i want to say um are you one of those people like do you if you like if you hear a song do you get like obsessed with like one song for a time being uh i can i mean i could like hear a song like oh that's like something that i hadn't heard before you know like, yeah oh, that's really it. i'm really into that and then i'll i'll make a point to listen to it over and over yes. for a while yeah. not to the point where like i'm sick of it but yeah. just as like i have just the perfect enough fill of yeah. the song it's like okay that's really cool yeah, so I can't, I can't get that way. That's because that's kind of how I am. I, I, I'll be like chilling. I, I'll, I'll find a record or I'll, I have a record shot by me and I'll just kind of crate dig. And if I find something, I'll, you know, I'll put it on or, or even just online and be like, whoa, I love this and just listen to it like 18 times a day for, so I was going to say, do you, do you have anything right now that you're kind of obsessed with or, or. Um, yeah, kind of actually the, um, the latest Yelly record I'm totally into. The, say that again one more time. Uh, Yelly. I've never heard of um, them. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're a French band. Uh, Yelly actually just means yell. Okay. Uh, uh, sounds like something but, I'd like. Um, I'm into all kinds of different kinds of music. I yeah. mean, I, there's there's no category that, that that's ever had anything that I didn't like. So yeah. uh, Even... Yelly is more of a, uh, they're kind of like a, I guess, uh, more of a dance pop band oh, cool. or something. Electronica, I yeah. guess, mix. Do you ever so, like ever listen to like Nine Inch Nails? That's kind of like heavy electronic kind of. Yeah, I've listened to Nine Inch Nails. I've never been a huge fan of them, but uh, you know, I've always kind of appreciated the the angle that they that they uh, uh, bring to you know, the table of music, as it were. <laughs> I'm see, I'm kind of the same. Like I I like Nine Inch Nails, and like I never really had a phase where I was like just obsessed, like because like with, like the Doors or even actually even uh, like Nirvana. I mean, there there's been times where you know I would as a kid would just sit down and listen to hours, but uh, Nine Inch Nails is more of one of those bands that I hear a song. Uh, I'm trying to think of one specifically like um, March of the Pigs or something. It would be like, Oh my goodness, this is so influential and would go home and like write a song with that kind of tune in my head and turn it into something. So I'd say they're more of like an influential band for me than something I was like obsessed with. But um, right. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. So uh, I want, I, my thing with these podcasts is when I interview someone, especially someone who's more well-known for uh, a different field of whatever, I try to ask questions that are, like, not normally asked. And um, so I promise I'll veer away from Nirvana questions as much as possible. But I do, <laughs> I do, have, I do have one that I, I want um, to know your take on. Actually, well, I actually kind of have two. Uh, number one, uh, I live in Connecticut. Everyone on this show kind of knows that. And uh, there's this new kind of trend going around where – and I guess this has kind of been a thing for a while, but it's really big right now. Where young teenage girls, 14, 15, 16, will wear Nirvana shirts. Uh, but don't they don't know a single song. They don't know a single band member. They don't even know what their genre or what they're about. Um, how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, well, first off, I've never even heard of that. I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, okay. I see you know, I see a lot of uh, kids in high school stuff that you know, wear Nirvana shirts and stuff. And even, and even, you know, even some grade school kids wear, 
uh, around here, but they actually know who Nirvana is. Yeah, well, they're a local band. <laughs> I mean, you know? My kid, my uh, my daughter, when she was um, when she was getting off the bus, I, I, I guess she might have been in ninth grade at the time. And she yeah. said, "Oh, by the way, your biggest fan says hello or something <laughs> like that." But to yeah, to get back to what you're saying, I I wasn't aware that that was a a thing. Yeah. It, I wonder if it's kind of like wearing a retro Pink Floyd. Or, or exactly. Exactly. not knowing who they are. Exactly. I've never heard about that. As far as my thoughts go on that, I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what I think about that. I've never heard of it before. I mean, it seems like you want to wear shirts that represent something that you know something exactly. about. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, it's it was more of a recent thing, and uh, it's like a fashion trend down here. And uh, you know, for me, because I'm always one, of, I consider myself like. Uh, in high school, it's it's really weird because you know I I wasn't really considered like an alternative person, but I I guess maybe I deeply like considered myself one. So I always really liked you know like I loved Tad, loved Tad, I loved Nirvana, I, I loved uh, the Melvins and Green River, and I love Malfunction. So like I'll wear those shirts and you know because I want people to know. I want people who don't know those bands to go, hey, Malfunction, Green River, who who who, Mark Arm, who's that? You know, and oh, like yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> And so I can tell them, be like, well, listen to this song. Tunnel of Love is incredible, you know. Blast it in your car. Uh, and when people started wearing Nirvana shirts, I'd be like, oh, hey, what's your favorite song? My favorite, you know, uh, Nirvana, I, I really, I say I had a Nirvana phase. I really had a Bleach phase. That was really the record I was obsessed with for a while. And um, <laughs> which, consequently, you played on, which is kind of cool, actually. But um, so, but like, I'd be like, oh, you know, what's, do you know a track off of Bleach that, you know, you really like or something? And they'd be like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, do you know any of their songs? No. Okay. And it just, it annoys me, you know, cause it's like, it deterred me from wanting to wear, you know, the, the logo and stuff. Cause for fear of being uh, perceived as someone like that, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it is kind of strange. I would, I would never wear something that I didn't know anything about. Yeah. I mean, it just, that doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know. <laughs> Weird. I don't know. It's like even, cause I got, um, I got a Ramon shirt for Christmas and it's a cool shirt, but I only know, I can't even think of the name of it. I like the Ramones. I've heard a lot of their music, but I only know the name of, I want to be sedated. So I, I don't mm -hmm. wear that shirt because it's like, even though like I want to be sedated really did influence me that one specific song. I don't know enough of their work to just casually wear that shirt and feel like I'm doing justice to the band. Cause they are such a influential band. So, and I actually know a song you know, I can't imagine like not knowing anything about them or who if they're even a band you know like and then um but yeah and i have another one i uh I recently i'm kind of right now i'm kind of in a little bit of a like a bush phase i've been listening to a lot of gavin's work and i feel like people kind of consider bush and like um uh candle box and i know kevin he's a good guy and um even um uh silver chair they kind of consider him like nirvana rips and um, I, I personally, well, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, not to, well, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't actually of the bands that you mentioned, the only band that, that, that had to me that had any similarity sounds from Nirvana of the three you mentioned would be Bush, but I don't think that uh, Silver Chair and um, uh, what was the other band you mentioned? Uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Candlebox. Uh, Candlebox. Yeah, I'm wearing one of those yeah. shirts right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I, I've never. I never thought that Silver Chair and Candlebox had any sound that was anything like Nirvana myself, I, personally. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think so either. I, I, I respect Silver Chair a lot because uh, uh, um, what's his name, J Daniel, Daniel Johns, or whatever, was like 
16, 15, 16, when he, and his voice is so good and so, so booming for his age that I, I remember I, heard, I was like, wow, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I personally, like, I can, I can definitely see where you can get the Nirvana feel in Bush, but even, even them, I mean, there's not, I wouldn't consider him a ripoff. I really would. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. But, yeah. but, but I, I think this, one of the things kind of remember about all that is, I mean, once music got turned upside down, as it were, because it kind of did, uh, yeah. with the whole grunge thing, grunge, um, yeah. you know, record companies were looking for the sound. Yeah. That's what they do. They look for the sound. It's what they refer to it as. They've done that since since the beginning of music. More, more in particular, since like the 50s, especially in the 60s and stuff, yeah. uh, where there was, you know, a certain sound, and it's like they wanted that. A, a, a prime example is Motown. Yep. Motown was a sound, and it was a sound that, like, okay, this is this is something specific here. Uh, and so if you listen to a lot of Motown, you're going to find a lot of things that have a lot of similarities to them, yeah. even though there's a lot of diversity in it. It's the same thing with uh, a lot of uh, kinds of music, but, like, you know, grunge in particular, because it came on so strong uh, everybody wanted things that they wanted stuff that had similarities to it. So you're yeah. gonna naturally going to have something like that. And just like, like I said with Motown, if you listen to Motown, you're going to you're going to hear similarities to a lot of these different bands, uh, especially in the way they're produced, uh, which is a lot of the same stuff in uh, music, uh, like with with uh, you know grunge and stuff like that, uh, and even stuff beyond. Um, you know, there you will find similarities in that. So there's always going to be that. Uh, so. You know, in a way, I, I I get and I understand where a, a lot of people will see a lot of things and go, yeah, that that's that sounds like a, a you know rip off or whatever like it because uh, uh, some of that will be in there if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. Do you hear, uh, I believe it's Paul Stanley. I believe Paul Stanley's coming out with a Motown esque record. I'm not really? I'm not. Yeah, that's what I was told. Um, I'm not sure if he already came out with it or if he's released a few. Like singles, I but it, uh, yeah, apparently he's he's going for that with a whole backup band and a whole thing. I kind of interested to check that out. Um, did you yeah, ever, I'm did you, did you curious ever, to hear that? Did wow. you ever have a? Did you ever like Kiss? I feel like a lot of people from Seattle had a Kiss phase. You know, it's funny. I was never really a huge Kiss fan, although you know I, I do I do have double platinum. But I I will say this. Uh, Kiss is the very first vinyl I ever procured. <laughs> um, I traded, I see, I think I had a model of the Missouri, and I had a, I don't know what, I think I had a, a comic book, and then I had a, a, a old banana board, a skateboard. I traded all that for a, a Kiss 45 of uh, Detroit Rock City. From like a friend? Yeah, from like a friend. This was like back in, I don't know when it was, 1980 or something like that or whatever. That dude just yeah. made out with so much stuff for a record. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I know. I just dumped all this stuff. But to me, I was like, oh, man. I, was, I heard that you know, Detroit Rock City. I hadn't heard it before. Yeah. I was like, that's freaking awesome. So, yeah. so yeah. But without being like a huge fan, it's, it's funny that they would be the first record I ever owned. That's cool. No, I don't even I don't even remember the first record I ever owned. Uh, I'm trying to think, it wasn't the Doors. I know that. I only recently just purchased a Doors record. Actually, I've never. I used to. I just found them online. I don't know. I, might be like Johnny Mathis or something. I don't know. Nice. Yeah, yeah. My music's really. I'm really diverse. I the only only stuff I don't really dig into is like modern country, and I don't really like hip hop. 
as a general rule. I mean, there's there's some decent stuff to be found in hip hop, but as a general rule, I you know never really got into it. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. I mean, for me, uh, yeah, I, I don't get into the new country, but I love the old stuff. Like I love Johnny Cash. Yeah, I love Marty Robbins. I love you know all the stuff that kind of you know Glenn Campbell, the stuff that came up through like the fifties and sixties, yeah. even into the seventies. It's like you know there's a lot of great stuff there, but uh, yeah, I don't get the new vibe and. I kind of similar have a similar view of that with rap as well. I mean, I love a lot of the early stuff. I've yep. you know always been into like Ice Cube and stuff like Big that. Smalls but and yeah. now it just I don't know. It doesn't really seem to quite get me as, I, as it used to. I found one song and I was blown away. Um, Kanye West. I know Kanye West and uh, this guy mm-hmm. named XXX Tentic. I, I can't I can't pronounce his name right, so I won't even try. He goes by X. He uh they made a record called. I forget the name of the record, uh, Skin or something like that. And they have one song on that record where they, they perform together, and it's called One Minute, and it's new metal. So it's kind of got a Rage Against the Machine vibe. It's a heavy guitar, and it's the drummer from Blink-182. It's playing in the mm-hmm. background. I don't know if you've ever heard it. And at the end, uh, X screams, like, really, like, um, really, really heavy kind. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a musician I can compare him to, but I really can't. And uh, it's it's cool. I mean, it's the one of the only modern songs in general that I've ever really gotten into, and was like, wow, this is actually a good song. But um, w- but that brings me to my next question: What do you think about like the state of music today, like its current state? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't given that much thought in a long time. Really, it, it just sort of seems so much. What I hear just seems sort of the same. Yeah, kind of uninspired. Yeah. But then I know there's a lot of people who would say, "Oh no, this is really good. This is really good." But I mean, there is a lot of good music out there. It's just finding it for me yes. in particular. But okay. I just, I don't know. Like if I like listen to radio, and I just, it's, I feel like there's too much similarities yeah. in, a, in a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, a lot of production yeah. uh, uh, kind of has this sounds the same in a lot of different um, in different ways. Um, I guess for me overall, I think things are too much affected by effects, to be honest with yep, you. Yeah, absolutely. And I listen to so much stuff, and it's like I hear, like, especially more in particular, I guess, basically vocal-wise, there's yep. just so much effects on stuff. It's like, I want, like, uh, I want more of the purity of a voice. Yeah. And I just do a little reverb on it stuff, but let me just hear the the real thing, you know, and, and not all the stuff that sounds like it's coming from a cloud somewhere up above me. Yeah. I can't obtain. So, so... so... Is that something you might have noticed in in your scene as well as it progressed with bands like Pearl Jam and I, I know they're not really Seattle sound, but even like Audio Slave, like because I feel like that their their debut record, which I love for the record, but um, people kind of dismissed it as as way overproduced, and uh, I think a lot of people do the same with like Pearl Jam's debut, and uh, you know. Well, I suppose by comparison, uh, like say, well, if you compare, let's say, Bleach or Tad or Mudhoney, then yeah, then yeah it's definitely got a lot more. But um, at this at kind of the same note, if you think of bands before that, they weren't, not yeah. even close. Yeah. I mean, and you have to think about like what what Grinch took over, yeah. what, it, what it basically ended was like, you know, like hair glam rock yeah. hair rock poison uh you know i mean but i, uh, I like poison white, i, I can't denounce white, white snake white i mean snake, yeah. all these bands they were massively produced the yeah. sounds were just 
over the top and like yeah. there wasn't a single snare drum that wasn't just basically suffocated. I mean, they, yeah. they gate the hell out of it and then they dump all, all this reverb on it. And, uh, so, I mean, everything was way overproduced, which is yeah. kind of when we came around, we're the idea of just underproduced. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess when people got used to the, how underproduced they could get, I suppose, and maybe they think of like, you know, like you say, uh, you know, Pearl Drum's first record and stuff like that. To me, it doesn't sound as produced as it could have been or what music was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I personally, I like Pearl Jam. I know, I know Dave, Dave, we've, you know that we've made, uh, I think you know that, right? That, yeah, we've, uh, we've made, uh, probably five or six songs together in the past and he's pretty heavily, heavily featured on my next record. So I, you know, I like Pearl Jam. I've always liked Pearl Jam. Um, but I wanted to, I had a question. I kind of forgot it. <laughs> um, oh, oh, no, here's what I was going to say. Speaking of Tad, have you seen what he's been up to lately? Uh, not the very latest. No. Well, actually, actually, he sent me some stuff um, that sounded a lot like that. Uh, uh, um, uh, Corbin something. You ever, you ever, you ever seen this movie called the uh, called the the witch? The witch. Known as yeah, it's called the witch, but yes, but the with, W actually spelled with two V's. With uh, Anna Anna Naya Taylor Joy or whatever. It's like an indie film. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the soundtrack to that is by a guy named Corbin something. I can't remember his name, but um, I'm like big in the soundtrack music. I love a lot of that stuff. I do too. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, like um, a disaster piece, for example. Yes. That guy that did the soundtrack for uh, It Follows and stuff like that. Yeah. And anyway, uh, if, 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 what I'm, if you're thinking of what I'm thinking of, Tad's definitely put up, uh, got into the stuff that kind of reminds me of like really cool sort of heavy uh deep synth soundtrack music exactly sort of stuff i'm thinking of uh is the the sound of silence whatever he sent me the the his newest record with like the coffin on the record cover i don't know if i've heard that yet it's really good he, he sent it to me I, so I know tad he's tad um i don't know if you know i have a animated series which is fundamentally cynical which this is about kind of and uh he's been composing the music for the show for uh, the most of the last season he's gonna do the new season. So anyway, he sends me this record, and he's like, "Here, just check this out." And I I went for like a walk in. I live in a really heavily wooded area, and so I went for a walk in the woods and and blasted his new record. And I was like so inspired to make like a horror film or something at the end of that, <laughs> because it, it just it was it was perfect. Like if you know an, an overcast day and you have that, I I love what he's doing. I think it's so cool that he went from uh god's balls or that kind of era of heavy sludgy screamo feedback ridden stuff to this really well you know what i mean like refined right synth based horror soundtrack it's really cool i really love it i love what he's putting out that's but, cool yeah he's a cool I'm dude i'm gonna have to check that out for Definitely. sure uh, i think it might i could send it to you if you want but it it might be uh free on Bandcamp now not sure. Okay, yeah. So yeah, just um or do you do you, you talk to him, don't you? Oh he produced a record with you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I'm yeah. I, I forgot about that. I've been doing stuff off and on in his in his studio for the past two, three years now. So yeah. That's we, awesome. We we keep in touch. Ted's a cool dude. I love Tad. Yeah, yeah, Ted's awesome. He's fun. Ted is awesome. Because so he went, I talked to him all the time because we you know, because he composes stuff for the show and he also he does voices in the show too. Like he'll uh He'll be like characters and stuff because it's animated. 
And so he'll be like, hey, I sent you your uh, your lines or whatever or your audio. But he always adds like some kind of random joke in there. Something that's just completely outrageous. And it's always, it's always, I never fail to laugh when Tad texts me. I'm like, oh boy. All right, Tad. Very cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Tad's a good dude. Um, you, another, another friend of mine that, that you know is, uh, Kevin Wood. You, yeah, I, yeah. And you guys had a band called the Fire Ants back in early-ish 90s? Yep. So. Yep. Kevin, Kevin's been talking about fire ants for we. I talk to Kevin all the time about football. <laughs> we both love we both love football, and and he'll he'll bring up the fire ants from time to time. So eventually, I'm like, I gotta check this band out. And anything Kevin lays guitar on, I I want to hear. Um, so and then I found out you were in in the band. I was like, oh cool. So it's kind of a like a, a super group. So I checked y'all out, and I was uh, I was really impressed. It was, it was very cool. Um, and that's his brother on vocals, right? Um. Yeah, Brian. Brian, mm-hmm. I, yep. it's really interesting. I I love Andy. Always loved Andy. Um, and you can kind of hear, you can kind of hear Andy in uh, in his vocals, a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's really. It was like because I didn't know it was Brian. I was just listening to it and I was like, why does his voice sound? He'll hit notes and it just sounds familiar. And he sounds like sounds like Andy Wood. And I looked. I was like, oh, that that's his brother. That's really really cool. Very. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brian was the the oldest of the three. So, um, when did you meet that specific? When did you meet Kevin? And when did you meet? Did you have? You, I'm assuming you've met Andy before, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, when did you meet uh, their band? That had to be oh, eighty. I want to say maybe eighty four. Hmm. Wow. Might have even been a little bit earlier than that. I'm not sure. So they were like super young. Yeah, well, yeah. Y'all, yeah, y'all were like super young, yeah, yeah. teenagers and <laughs> stuff. Uh, but uh, later, like in like eighty, well, eighty seven, when me and Kevin actually ended up working together at the seafood restaurant. Um, <laughs> okay, I did not. Yeah, so, I did not know Kevin worked at a seafood place. That's funny. Yeah. Are, are yeah, you? It was, like, it was. It was actually a. It was just a one-off type of restaurant. Just yeah. one person owned it, and there's no thing. But uh, I love those kind yeah, of places. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was fun. Are you a, you a football fan too? I do like football. Cool. That's cool. You know, I, when I first got into the music world, especially in like high school and everything, like the, the people there were, they were band kids and then there were jocks kind of how my school worked. And uh, I didn't really fit in with the band kids. Like most of my friends played sports and I had a lot of stuff to do with sports and stuff too. And, but I was still a musician. So I, it was very hard to find a musician that was really into music and had the same influence as me that were, that was also into football and, and sports. Um, so it's kind of, you know, when I, when I started to meet people specifically your scene, uh, there's a lot of guys that are really musically inclined, but also into sports. I think that's really cool because I, I don't, you know, know too many people who are kind of 50, 50. So who's your team? Um, my team, uh, well, my original team, I should say is the Vikings because when I first got into football, um, I actually lived in Minnesota at the time, you know, when we had like uh, uh, Chuck Foreman and um, uh, you know Tarkington and uh, 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 Sammy Wright, uh, gosh, but uh, Jim Marshall, the yeah. Purple People Leaders, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. when I first was getting into that, that that's the team that hooked me, and they've always kind of been my team. Other than that, I've, you know, it's my home team, the Seahawks. So. Yeah. I like the Seahawks. I'll root for them when uh, I'm, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. 
Uh, I'll root for them when the Eagles aren't uh, aren't playing, or if I just want to watch football, and you know, I'll watch a Seahawks game from time to time. But yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, how long have you been into football? I mean, your your whole life, or? Well, I first got into uh, football, and uh, I guess it would have been around like 72, 73. I mean, I was pretty young, but it was like, you know, uh, everybody was. You know, when you, when you, I guess when you, you know, when you're that young, but then you've got a bunch of big football fans around you and stuff like that, you're just going to get tossed into the game. Yeah. You know, because around the house, it's like, oh, yeah, this, you know, everybody's turning on the Vikings. So I'm like, oh, I'm watching the Vikings. And I was like, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Plus, I like purple. It's a cool color. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I know a guy who, um, he bases his, uh, his teams around their helmets or the uniforms. And I'm like, all right. Oh yeah. I, I love the Eagles. You know, they've got a cool helmet. All right. All right whatever. Uh, but circling, circling back to what we were saying before, speaking of football and, and malfunction. Um, I feel like a lot of people, when they talk about Andy, they describe him as being this really sweet down to earth, nice dude. I mean, I, I just, because I'm, I'm a big fan of Andy's. What, what, um, what, what's your experience with him? I mean, what was he like? Well, yeah, I mean, the radar exactly what you just said, but it was pretty much that. It was always really chill, very, very kind, very yeah. nice. Uh, in fact, the last time I saw him, which was about a week before he died, he was yeah. uh, he came out of a uh, mini mart and he had a big handful of uh, gummy worms and stuff. And so um, I ran into him and we sat on this uh, grass grassy knoll and. Um, He's like, he's like, here, have some gummy worms. Like, it's my new drug, you know, because he's been, you know, he'd been uh, keeping himself clean yep. and whatnot. So, yeah, we just sat there and chatted and ate gummy worms and stuff. But wow. it, was, it was just very easy to get along with, just super likable. And then, of course, unfortunately, a week later, that, yeah. was, that was no more Andy. So that was, that was a bummer. But, yeah. But, yeah, he, he, was, he was very kind, very, always had a smile. He's just one of those guys just like, you know, always, you know, hard not to like, you know, glowing personality, totally. He seemed it. I mean, I've seen as many interviews as they, I've probably seen every interview they have, every, you know, fan filmed uh, video I could find online or Kevin could send me. And uh, he just seemed like a genuine, funny, down to earth dude. Someone I would, I would definitely want to be friends with, you know, or would have been friends with if I was in that area and, and knew him. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like if you, if you watch a lot of videos or interviews, you you have uh, two guys that everyone seemed to love, and everyone seemed like each individual person had felt like like even people that I've talked to talk about Andy Wood like they have this really special connection, and Chris Cornell. Everyone seems to have this special connection that's very unique and personal, personable with with each individual. It's kind of cool. It's it's weird to see in in the the you know rock and roll community especially with such like big stars and it's just cool it's nice to see but um, yeah totally but you guys um you guys toured with tad back uh in the late 80s correct yes how was that that was fun i mean i always was a big fan of tad stuff and i had a lot of fun the the tour we uh, that we did together of course was the one over in europe yep um but uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was fun, and those guys were all really chill, you know. All the all Ted's uh, bandmates were always chill. Steve was chill, and yeah. <clears throat> Gary was chill, and Kurt was chill. They were I like Kurt. Kind of mellow dudes, so it was it was it was it was fun. Yeah, 
I uh, I think um, Tad Vano would have been cool. <laughs> Tad, <laughs> yeah. Tad fronted Nirvana. I don't know. I, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> yep. But um, I feel like it'd be kind of cool if you guys like. I always see those like headlining tours. I uh, another okay. I feel like I shouldn't mention this now, but I as a child, I <laughs> I was a fan of Marilyn Manson. I don't know if you followed everything that's gone on with him. If you're familiar with all, every, nope. no, there's a lot of um allegations that have come out in the last week that are pretty bad that have absolutely turned me off of his music completely. Um, but. For a while, I was really into him. He did a he did a tour with uh, Courtney Love, uh, called uh, I forget what it was called um, something evil or something from hell or something tour. And I always said, why I don't understand why these bands don't combine. Like you know what I mean? Like I think it would be so cool if these like co-headlining bands did two or three songs where they literally played together, where they mashed each member and and played to their strength and and stuck them in. So I think it would be I don't know I don't know why they don't do that. I think that would be cool. Yeah, this could be. Who knows? I mean, maybe it's just there's there's uh, it's a timing thing or something. I don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, it's an interesting idea though. That's getting see, together, just kind of you know squeezing together two or three songs for yeah, or something like that collaboration. That's what uh, I kind of did with with my little group that I put together because I don't know. Like, are you familiar with what we're doing? I mean, have you like like figured out? Have you like talked to Kevin or anything? No, I have not. All right, so what we're doing is we're a little kind of a super group. We're making a 10-track record. You, of course, are featured on, on one song. and uh, mm -hmm. But the, the band is me on bass and rhythm guitar, Kevin on lead guitar, and uh, Dave on uh, drums for most of the tracks. And so we've all kind of mm – -hmm. he has that very punk rock, you know, a lot of uh, – I forget what he – a lot of – I don't even know, fillers and stuff. And then Kevin's, of course, is just explosively fast. And I'm more four chord rock and straightforward. So we've all kind of played to our strengths and and what we can do and what we can't do to kind of like make kind of a pro very progressive sounding, very genre translucive, or I don't even know what to say. Very, tr uh, you can't really categorize what we're doing. And um, I don't know. I'm really excited to see where we go with this. But um, what what did you out of interest think when I was like, hey, do you want to drum for my band? I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 I have gotten plenty of offers and stuff uh, before like that. And mm -hmm. usually I'm just like, I, I, you know, I'm, it's like I'm trying so hard to kind of finish up and do a lot of things that, that, yeah. that are already on my plate and stuff. Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, I've, I've always, you know, ended up, you know, working with people that, that, that I've known before or done things before. And, yeah. and I was like, I was like, huh, I wonder what this is all about. But then you're like, oh, I don't know, you know, I look with Kevin and stuff. And I go, well, you know, like Kevin's a great guy. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I know you, he, he keeps busy doing all kinds of different things. And so I just was kind of, I don't know, I, I figured, oh, okay, I'll just check it out. <laughs> it, it's, I, it's hard to say I just kind of jump into things on a whim sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just do. Well, you did awesome. I was I was actually surprised you, you responded. I was actually blown away you responded. I was like, okay, cool, that's kind of cool and then i was i was blown away when you actually sent me a track and i when i put it on i mean i, I was just i thought it was so good and i don't know if i ever properly thanked you i'm assuming i did but but thank <laughs> you so much it was really it was really cool to have that especially it was it's like a 10 minute long song so i mean i, I can't believe you, you picked the long one so thank you for doing that that was 
really <laughs> awesome. And um, that was a fun track to just jam on because once I got – what I gave you was really just this is the idea. My guitar was terrible. My bass was terrible. But when I when I got it back, I, uh, I re-recorded everything to it. And it was really – it was a lot of fun to jam to. It was really um, – really freeing you know i just kind of sat cool. down picked up a, a guitar and, and went to town but um but yeah no we've we're really we're really excited to see where we go with this and uh i mean obviously we're not really in this for the the views or for the the money or anything but it's definitely like uh if it did get a lot of views you know if it did if we were trying to make a vinyl if it did get a lot of sales and there was money involved like that would be awesome don't get me wrong but oh yeah yeah no you mean but yeah that's no, it's kind of fun though like do you know doing projects and things stuff like that but especially in these unusual times we've been living in so yeah. it's kind of like you know doing something it feels good yeah it's really weird because um i feel like a year ago we're a virtual band entirely a virtual band and it's like i feel like a year two years ago i, I would have been so turned off by the concept of a virtual band you know, you want your drummer in the room, you want your guitarist and bassist, but, but now it's so, like, normalized. Like, even bands that are in the same state or same general area, I mean, for a while, a lot of them were, were performing virtual and, and writing songs virtually. So it made for kind of a cool, like, uh, way to, to kind of, like, uh, normalize the fact that, you know, Dave's off the other side of the world. Kevin, you know, he's he's closer to you. I'm in Connecticut, you know, so we can't. We realistically, no matter what, we couldn't meet up. I mean, Kevin and I probably could, but not Dave. So it, you know, right, yeah. it, it allowed for it to be more like excusable. Like I can be like, well, we're a virtual band, but COVID, so acceptable, you know. Yeah. Yep. But um, totally. But yeah, cool. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of uh, what I've got for for our, our little, uh, our show here. So, cool. but yeah, thank you yeah. so much for everything. You've, you've been awesome. Um, yeah. if, if you ever did want to work on a track again, let me know. Oh, it's so hard to find a drummer. It really is. <laughs> and I love Dave, but he, he takes his time, like very much takes his time. So <laughs> getting, right, right, getting, okay. getting a track drummed yep. in, in less than like four months is kind of a miracle with him. <laughs> it's funny. total respect to dave but it's like i'll be like hey can you turn this sure and like eight months later it's like hey i got your track i'm like what was this for again i don't remember <laughs> oh yeah exactly. uh, this was back in august you i don't even song back up on the shelf i don't remember anymore yeah, exactly i don't even remember what this is but thanks dave did i write this i didn't don't think i did you know but um but anyway yeah so thank you so much for coming on the show um this should be out tomorrow so cool. Um, well, you're very, very welcome, man. But yeah, so um, guys, fundamentally cynical podcast listeners, this was Mr. Chad Channing. Um, Chad, thank you so much for coming on the show, and have an awesome night. You too. Take care of yourself. See you, man. Bye. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to the fundamentally cynical podcast with Preston Hazard and Chad Channing. Um, we're going to be putting out new episodes weekly as per usual and doing small write-ups on uh, my website, which is www.pressandhazard.com. So be sure to check all this out and keep listening to the show. Guys, as always, have a great night and you're welcome. <laughs>